0: Shield, a long-form discussion podcast about musical topics both past and present. I'm Gabe, and I'm joined, as always, by Dan. Hello. And Darren. Hello. So before I ask you guys what you've been listening to lately, I want to read a review we got on Apple Podcasts from Not Darren's Husband. That's a inside joke, <laughs> long-time listener. Um, <laughs> but uh, he wrote, or she wrote, Gabe... Nina Simone can't have one of the best albums of the 60s because the songs don't fit together. Also, Gabe, the best types of albums follow after the White Album by rejecting Cohesion. Still gave us five stars, so give me some shit, but all in good fun. (laughs) I just wanted to address it because I feel like the difference is a lot of the Nina Simone songs suck. But, touche, anyway. Uh, Really, I just want to remind you know everybody to leave us a review it really really helps us reach more uh listeners and if it's funny i'll read it on the show just like this now what have you guys been listening to lately
1: yeah i've been getting into uh from 2018 the uh the last daughter's record uh you mm. won't get what you want uh yeah. fantano gave it a perfect 10 and yeah, really? uh I, it just sort of like slipped by me a little bit um like i had listened to it like once and you know just kind of forgot about it but uh that album is like really fucking good. It's like swans with like Danzig singing on it or something huh. uh, with like some some math rock or something in it. It's uh, oh, it's wow. really awesome. Yeah, I heard all the hype, but I, I just like never got around
0: to
2: it. But maybe I should check it out. What about you, Darren? Uh, You know, I was doing a lot of flying this past week, and mm. uh, unfortunately, I didn't have a whole lot downloaded on my phone. So I kept listening to Amnesiac by uh, Radiohead just over Okay and over again and god that <laughs> album i like we're gonna have to do an episode on that album because i agree when i was talking about like the 10s from radiohead last week I, w- I wasn't thinking of amnesiac you know i was thinking of like in rainbows okay computer kid a amnesiac uh, is the fourth like that that is a 10 wow. album for sure so now we don't have to review it because you just spoiled it. <laughs> <your> old- <laughs>
0: Anyway, um, you know, speaking of Radiohead, let's jump into today's topic. I knew that Tom York had attended a Billie Eilish concert and said some positive things about her sometime in the past. But right after we recorded our Tom York Radiohead episode two weeks ago, we were all pretty amused to read a report that Tom actually met Billie backstage and told her, quote, You're the only one doing anything fucking interesting nowadays. In fact, Tom is not the only rock dad to stand Billy I- stand Billie Eilish lately. Dave Grohl, Billy Joe Armstrong, and Stephen Malcolmus have all apparently taken their kids to her concerts and had nice things to say. And even Michael Girard of Swan shared a Billie Eilish video and wrote... This is what my 12-year-old daughter listens to. Not too terrible, actually. B.E. is self-motivated, precocious, a real go-getter, not such a bad influence. These endorsements are only remarkable because Billie Eilish is proving to be one of the most divisive pop stars in recent memory. At this point, I think we have no choice but to dive deep into her debut album, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go?, and try to figure out why for ourselves. Let's start by going over our previous familiarity opinions with, uh, on Billie Eilish. Have you listened to her before? Um,
1: were you at least aware of all this buzz, all this backlash? I, I, I was aware of her. Um, I thought I had heard a song or two, but I didn't recognize anything from the
2: record. So mm. I think this was actually my first uh, time ever actually hearing her. Yeah, I think I actually mentioned listening to her at the top of one of our episodes yeah. um, a while back. Oh yeah, you uh, did, yeah. Yeah, a friend at work had, had been like, have you listened to this Billie Eilish, you know, she she knows I, I do a podcast, and so I was like, oh uh, no, so I checked it out, you know, I listened to uh, Bad Guy and uh, Wish You Were Gay, I guess those were like the big hits at the time, and uh-huh. um, you know, I mean, I liked those songs, I thought they were great, you know, uh, and then that was kind hmm. of it until we uh, until now. Yeah, I kept hearing all the like back
0: and forth on Twitter and stuff. And, you know, I do want to emphasize that it would be kind of weird to for us to like bother uh, discussing just something that like, I don't know, teenage girls really love, you know, like why why bother attacking or defending that? But I really became, you know, amazed when I saw like critics, music critics that I follow on Twitter, like kind of. Um, staunchly defending her and and it's just been capped off by all of these like famous artists um, actually uh, defending her as well so I was just kind of aware of this back and forth at one point I like went to YouTube and just clicked on the first video that popped up Um, I think it was bury a friend or something and just as soon as I saw that it was like really goth or whatever I just turned it right off but (laughs) you know so this was really my first time listening now for you guys I mean with your limited or different levels of familiarity were these recent endorsements by people like Tom York and Stephen Malkmus surprising
1: uh f- for me the uh the Gerard one was the the most surprising <laughs> yeah, one shocking um, <laughs> that i i like that it's a you know a, a backhanded compliment at least yeah um, i know and also crazy that he has a 12 year old daughter can you imagine being a 12 year old girl with a uh, Michael Gerard as your dad <laughs> i really um, cannot <laughs> but uh yeah that that one was uh, incredibly surprising uh to me
2: yeah i mean i think uh dave grohl billy joe armstrong mm-hmm. those aren't too mm-hmm. surprising i suppose um i think i was a little more surprised obviously by like tom york and even stephen Malcolmus for that for that matter um you know it's i, I just i guess rare, you rarely hear about these sorts of people talking about the biggest pop star um like rising pop star on the planet so i, I was pretty surprised made me uh want to dig a little bit deeper into, you know, what Billie Eilish is about rather than just the music, you know. Yeah, me
0: too because it, it's it's a different thing because it'd be one thing if they just, like, took their kids to the concerts or maybe even said nice things when asked or something, but it feels like, you know, Tom York uh, specifically and Michael Girard, like, went out of their way yeah, right. to publicize their feelings and their kind of strong feelings. I mean, stronger in the case of Tom York, but that I found very surprising and did, in fact, make me extremely curious. So, having spent the last two weeks diving deep into this record, let's try to describe the sound. You know, we can go one by one, but I want to talk about the lyrics. I want to talk about her whole aesthetic. You know, let's try to describe this thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the sound, um, she's got like very whispery uh, vocals a lot of time. What, what is that yeah. shit everybody? like uh, I'm- ASMR. ASMR. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm too old. Uh, <laughs> there's a cover of
2: the whole album online you could uh, check it out
1: oh wow. anyway. yeah i don't think i've ever actually listened to any of that but um it, it creeps me the fuck out i actually yeah, hate
2: it. yeah i couldn't get past like the first song yeah I well just, there was
0: that super bowl commercial that was like i don't know if you remember that like it was like oh a, yeah. a, some beer
1: company or something
2: I that's don't know, where like, i first God, like, heard, like first really heard about it
0: yeah mm-hmm. i hate that shit anyway go on dan
1: uh yeah yeah so i i don't know i don't i don't want to listen to people whisper but um <laughs> but uh yeah the the sound she's got these whispery vocals uh it's like the production it's uh, it's sort of hard to um describe it's like kind of lush like like there's a lot of it but it's not like not overdone but uh you know just 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 big like uh I don't know. It's really hard to to put into words. I really can't think of it. But like you sort of alluded to, uh, there's a sort of goth thing going throughout, uh, which yeah. I think is evident. You know, j- just from the um, the the record cover and even sort of the title. Um, but yeah, it's sort of and and you kind of said this uh, personally, Gabe. Um, but I'll I'll steal it. Uh, it's it's <laughs> it's kind of like the the uh, a palatable like next step of something like XXX Tentacion.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like a
1: SoundCloud rap
0: kind of yeah. without the rapping. Um I mean you said lush, but it's like it is, but it's also kind
2: of shockingly minimalist, wouldn't you say, uh, Darren? Yeah, I was gonna kind of add that like I feel like a lot of the tracks uh have like are kind of like bare minimum with just a few like layers added on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um I think of like Wish You Were Gay, you know, it's very like minimal, just a guitar. Um, and then there's a couple of things like kind of layered on top of it. And I feel like a lot of these songs you can kind of identify that uh, that that initial like foundation, and then some, just like little flourishes, you know, little little things added on, um, you know. But pretty much like, you know, it's very like it's it's pretty bass heavy, you know. A lot of the the tracks, yeah, very are yeah. pretty, uh, bass heavy, you know. Um, I think that's kind of goes along with the sort of darker aesthetic, right? Um, yeah, and you know, it's like in keeping with the
0: ASMR whispery type vibe. It's like there's a lot of silence like a crazy amount of silence where songs will just literally like stop and and she's like whispering so, almost yeah yeah or i mean she'll even like just take a breath or something and it's just there's no sound and then it'll be like the softest quietest thing and then it does get quite it feels quite grand uh especially on those like big choruses all the choruses feel really big and like sing
1: along bull, you know um despite being minimal you know what i mean dan yeah exactly that's like I, I, that's what i was kind of getting at you know like the production there the production is like almost the star of the record uh yes yeah. and yeah he, he uh it's like her brother that that right. does most of the production yeah, right Phineas. Right. phineas yeah um he does like a really good job of like um towing that line between like minimalism and sort of maximalism you know just like there, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it's that was definitely the 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 star of the show there for me.
0: Yeah, I've got a lot of a lot of questions about that. I think one place I want to start is the influences, <clears throat> which I find really fascinating because you know I basically jotted a lot of stuff down. I'm sure it occurred to you guys, but there's a strong Lord influence yeah. right here, um, <clears throat> in the sense of it's like kind of trap meets indie pop or something. I mean, when we mm-hmm. talk about like bass heavy and a lot of empty space and stuff. I mean, that is like the trap M.O. And a lot of times there are these kind of like tinkling hi-hats and stuff and even claps sometimes. Um, very trap sounding. And that reminded me so much of Lord, and her voice sounds a lot like Lord. I also jotted stuff down like the XX, which is like famously, you know, minimalist kind of pop. And there are a couple songs actually um, toward like the latter half. I, I think of like Elo Milo and um, maybe that song Eight a little bit where... There's like kind of really sparse, like high guitar notes with some reverb on them and stuff. And it just makes me think so much of the XX. I think of like FKA Twigs, which was, um, you know, this kind of like dark, moody, minimalist R&B, Lana Del Rey, uh, stuff like, you know, we talked about the SoundCloud rap and stuff. And so basically, oh, and I also I think there's a lot of like Boney Vare and a lot of early James Blake. I think I'll have stuff to reference uh, about that later on. Yeezus, I feel a lot of influence on. Yeah, for sure. Um definitely. You know, the distorting vocals, and that kind of like overlaps with the Boni Vare thing with like the pitch shifted vocals and stuff. And um there's even this song Bury a Friend that's like the beat of Black Skinhead, like quite literally, (laughs) with like even a scream sound in between, you know? Um so basically my, my overall question is all of this shit is from like 2010 to 2013, basically. Why is this
1: popular all of a sudden now? I think we're just a little far enough away from it where it's like a, a little uh, mild nostalgia look back at those kind of things. It's good because you got to think. So? Gotta think. Uh, Eilish, she's what, 17? So she was like she a maybe grew kid. grew up. Yeah. She like maybe like sort of grew up hearing those things, especially if mm-hmm. her brother is like the producer of this. I think he's older than her. You know, he probably was into, you know, Boney Vare, maybe Yeezus, stuff like that. She heard it he played it for whatever you know i i think that's why i think we're getting like a little mini uh nostalgia trip here
2: yeah i mean i think he's he's four years older than her is what i've read and um yeah she even had she'd even said that he basically was like downloading music and and giving that and feeding it to her you know at a young age and everything so kind of exactly what you were describing there dan
1: yeah, I mean, I, I think that that is, you know, I mean, he would have been the perfect age uh, back then for, you know, growing up with those kinds of things, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, that is that is actually interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way. Um, I was wondering, and maybe this is impossible, but it's like, I guess I don't know how popular a lot of that stuff actually was. And I wonder if it just took, you know, like seven eight years for it actually to kind of fully reach the mainstream do you well, think there's any chance yeah, of that
2: yeah for sure i mean that's kind of where i think this conversation is going to get to right because what we have now what 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 was then in like 2010 2011 has now sort of been bottled up maybe processed a little bit packaged yeah. for a certain generation and a certain audience and here we have the final product which is Billie eilish now i don't I, you know we'll get into this but i don't necessarily think that she is just 100 percent a manufactured product but i huh. i definitely think there is elements of that uh, yeah at play. i play
1: i get what you mean you know like those sounds that came organically to people like boni Iver, kanye and stuff like maybe now they've been distilled and uh brought into the mainstream a little well, bit well and
2: they're also not like a 17 year old girl you know what i mean no yeah they're exactly not, yeah. they're not getting placed on ellen and all of these particular yeah. places you know getting put out in the spotlight like that you
1: know? yeah yeah exactly. yeah and
0: it's like the xx weren't like a huge presence on instagram or whatever the way that billy eilish is right. and that just kind of brings it to a whole new audience that had never that maybe never heard it and even and stuff like you know it's it's surprising really but stuff like early james blake i mean is genuinely very weird, like to the point where <clears throat> I feel like I've heard it kind of slowly working its way into music via like people like Frank Ocean and stuff like that. But um yeah, I I guess I wrestled with this all week. Like is this just finally the explosion um of of that kind of sound that had been sort of building and developing for a while? Or maybe even the commercialization of that sound. Um but i, I do think I kind of like that Dan actually that it might actually not be so calculated. <laughs> you know, it might be just this is what they grew up on and what they really uh, like. Um, I also wanted to ask, you brought it up, Dan, and another thing I wrestled with is like, is the production, is there something cheap about about the production? Because I was very, very surprised. Um, you know, in general, I was surprised by the sound of this record. It wasn't exactly what I was expecting. Same. Um, the whole like, the super whispery vocals I thought were like, I was kind of like stunned by because... It was like a level of intimacy I had not like really heard vocally. And I thought that was actually quite interesting because you think about something like, you know, in the nineties you get people like Elliot Smith and stuff who are like really kind of whispering into your ear. And it was like really, really an interesting development in music. Um, and now it feels even closer somehow um, <laughs> than it, then maybe it just wasn't technically possible to sound so close to your ear. So that surprised me. I was also surprised by the kind of Neo soul vibe of this. I mean, She sings kind of like Billie Holiday a lot, and I'm not just saying that because they're both named Billy. But there's like a slightly (laughs) jazzy kind of way, and there's songs on here like um, I think of all the good girls go to hell. They have kind of like a plinking piano thing that's very like Amy Winehouse or something. And so basically, a lot of these songs are quite. um, They would be kind of like your normal, uh, I don't know, like a kind of a normal standard like sweet little pop tune. And yet they're always made more interesting by, like, distorting basses and, like, yeah. vocals that are just clipping out of recognition. Right. Does that feel like, you know, cheap? Do you kind of get what I'm asking?
1: Yeah, I get you. I I I don't think that it's cheap. I mean, is using any trick, you know, in any type of music, does that make it cheap just because it's, like, sort of a little trick, you know? Because um, I think, like, like the the third song, Zanny. That song yeah. it's pretty good but I think I think the best part about it is um like when she's singing the like chorus and it's like clipping so hard that it's right, like right. it's like cutting out her vocals and stuff and I actually uh read on like Genius she said that she wanted it to to sound like the way, like when you're in like a, a shitty smelling like um, secondhand smoke filled room, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I think tricks like that, like without that sort of trick in that song, I think it just would have been another yeah, kind but doesn't of that, meh song. Doesn't
0: that like give you pause or something? Like, because it would be sort of a normal song, and then they sort of add these. You know, I think about something like that song in particular reminds me of XXX Tentacion, right? Like his mm-hmm. uh, you know, look at me, fuck at me song, and it's like. <laughs> you know, distorting like crazy. And this is true of a lot of SoundCloud rap. And the thing is that that's sort of coming out of necessity because it's low quality, it's really budget, uh, you know,
1: that's like... It's a lack of, like, knowing how to record things,
0: too, you know? Yeah, but also, like, a lack of, like, uh, access to professional equipment and stuff like that. And so here, what you've basically got is somebody who likes that sound and is creating it on, like, you know, the nicest equipment possible... And just kind of maybe dressing up
1: an average song to make it more, like, interesting? I I get your point. But, you know, like, think about, like, the 90s. Like, you you mentioned, like, Elliott Smith and stuff. When the lo-fi thing sort of uh, became, like, a little bit of a big thing. And then, you know, more popular things started sort of copying and, and, like, purposely making things sound lo-fi that weren't. I mean, is it a little cheap?
0: See, for my whole baby, life, but... I felt I felt very conflicted about this. Darren, we've argued about it a lot, actually, in our youth, because <clears throat> you think of something like Neutral Milk Hotel, right? Like on Two-Headed Boy, when the mic is distorting, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. It feels like, you feel like, okay, it's a low-quality mic, and it's just such a passionate take that they went with the one that distorted, you know? But then, I'm, I'm listening to, like, the microphones for the first time back in those days, too. And there's similar lo-fi tricks, and I'm thinking, like... He, that's a choice, actually. Like, he didn't need, you know, he, he's softly singing and it's distorting. He chose to do that. And I felt really conflicted. Like, it, it's like uh, appropriating lo-fi. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> I mean, Aaron? I felt like you always hated it early on. I think you were <laughs> Well, early yeah, on. early on, on I really, microphone. but my whole life I felt kind of like, Sort of, I just have a
1: hang-up with people who, like, fake lo-fi, but... Yeah, but, I mean, think of, like, just guitar distortion. Like, that's originally from when people played amps too loud, and they would distort, and then someone figured out, man, that sounds fucking cool, let me figure out how (laughs) to purposely do it, and then now, literally every band ever, like, has a distortion pedal. right. You know, so, it's sort of the same thing, you know, like, just because somebody found it organically... And then somebody else liked it and wanted to make that sound. You know, it's like if you hear just some sound on a record and you want to make a similar sound on your record, is that cheap because you didn't stumble upon it, you know, organically? Yeah, I mean, what do you think, Darren? Did did any of the
2: production tricks strike you as cheap on this Billie Eilish record? I mean, it really didn't. You know, early on when I was listening to the record, you know, I was a little underwhelmed i guess by the record entirely you know upon like reading a bit more uh on the the uh, production of it all and you know because i with these pop stars i'm always like interested in like okay what role did they play in the songwriting and all that so to learn that like she was collaborating with her brother who was a little bit older who also had a band you know it made me like rethink a lot of the songs and like what his part probably was in a lot of these songs and i feel like he's sort of the mastermind behind a lot of these what you're calling tricks what i would say are nice you know accents to the song and that actually make the songs a little more interesting than like if they they weren't there kind of like what uh dan was describing
1: yeah i think accents is a much better word than tricks so that's good
2: yeah i mean I, I know i
0: recognize that it sounds stupid to say like you know production is is a trick or something because that's really important you know like if you played all of the songs from
2: i don't know uh Jesus on an acoustic guitar yeah they would like shit. be lame <laughs> yeah. or i mean <laughs> yeah, or so. if it was like remixed by somebody and and made to sound cleaner and not as distorted uh in certain places i mean that would have an, a significant impact on the exactly. whole sound of the record you know
0: yeah, it was just something like I found myself thinking about because I you know I was thinking about like Elliot Smith. Um it was what his fiftieth birthday was would have been his fiftieth birthday a couple of days ago. And um, you know, I found myself thinking about um the kind of indie aesthetic that I think is all over this Billie Eilish record and how a lot of that starts with um people like Elliot Smith and you know, Elliot Smith is sort of making music very cheaply early in his career. In a bedroom, you can tell, and he's basically like embracing the quiet, hushed, lo-fi sound. And then you can see that once he starts to sort of get money and stuff and a major label deal, he really abandons it because his like vision was bigger. And he's like, why would I, you know, why would I make it sound like shit? I don't have to anymore. And, um, And so it just kind of rubs me like in a weird way whenever somebody like this major label, massive selling, you know pop star is like kind of like i said sort of appropriating uh the lo-fi aesthetic um would you guys describe this as an
1: indie record i mean Uh, it's on it's on interscope so (laughs) but i mean in sound in genre you know i mean i i just don't know what that means anymore you know like indie sort of like it people try to still think of it as like this little cool people club but it's not that anymore. Like indie is like the dominant rock force nowadays, yeah. you know? And so like does it sound like other, you know, quote unquote indie things? Like, yeah, sure. But it's just it's not this little cool club anymore. Yeah, what do you think, Darren?
2: Yeah, I mean I, I uh I just don't think I can describe it as indie. You know, I think indie goes beyond what we're trying to describe here goes a little bit beyond just the sound of the record. And I'm I, I can't help but unite the appearance and the style and the mainstream, you know, major pop record uh, label, you know, having an impact here. You know what I mean? And I think that the sound quality, yes, there are some of these accents like we are sort of talking about, but I mean, this still sounds like a major pop star sort of record. You know, like when yeah. I think it, when I think of Lord, I don't think of Lord's records as like being an indie record. You know what I mean? But I think hmm. a lot of people you know, do, I, I mean, I, you know, to
0: me, like Lord's Records. Yeah, they always struck me as like kind of Indian sound, Indian approach a little bit. And it was like a major success. This t- has that feel to me, too, because, you know, it, it sounds stupid, but things like the intro track. um is, are just kind of, like, playful silliness. You know, she's joking about taking her Invisalign, you know, braces thing yeah, out yeah. and being able to start the record, and they're just laughing. And there are a couple of tracks that sort of, like, end with, you know, ch- studio chuckles and stuff like that, inside mm-hmm. jokes. And y- you get the sense that this is, like, a brother and a sister who know each other really well and have a lot of fun making music together um, in a bedroom. It just so happens that this bedroom is... In a multi-million dollar mansion and has like, you know, the nicest equipment you could ever buy, but it has that vibe and the songs, you know, when I think of stuff like the song eight that has like this ukulele on it and sort of pitch shifted vocals, that's kind of like the indie free spirit, you know, I, I feel like now you could argue that this is like indie going peak mainstream in a way. But I feel like it really sounds more like an indie record than, let's say, an Ariana Grande record.
2: Sure, sure. I, but can we agree that maybe it occupies a space in between? You know what I mean? Like, have you guys have listened to? uh I, I never can say it right, but Sky Fer- Ferreira, Ferreira. Yeah. I yeah. feel like she is, belongs in that like sort of indie pop realm, whereas you know. Katy Perry is like obviously very much on the other side of the spectrum, and then here we have Billie Eilish. I feel like somewhere kind of in between all of that. Yeah,
1: I think that's a really good point, actually. You know, like this, there's this sort of in between pop world now. Like, uh, you know, the, in the the days when we were growing up, you know, you had the regular rock radio, and then you had the the alt rock radio. There's sort of like this is like the alt pop kind of thing now. That's what yeah. people are calling it. Yeah, like Sky Fiera is is a good example of that lord i think fits sort of in there um yeah you know because yeah this isn't like 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 your Katy perry's your ariana grande's and stuff that is like big time you know radio uh you know i don't want to use the word bubble gum but like
0: yeah for, well see i think anybody would agree but like can you put your finger on why like what is
1: different i think just from this i think just because the, the like Media is like so fractured now. There's, there's so many, you know, used to, you had four radio channels or whatever, and th- those were the music you, you could listen to, uh, unless you lived in a big city or, or wanted to buy a ton of records. Uh, now, you know, you don't have that. So people that like, you know, they're sort of in this in between, yeah, they don't really want the, the sugary sweet bubblegum pop, but they, you know, they don't, they, don't wanna, they don't want Pearl Jam or whatever. You know, this sort of like fits a, a space sort of in the middle that it's palatable it's listenable it's it's easy to, to to get into but also you know there's if you can dig a little deeper into it there's a little bit of you know production and stuff that that's not on your on your standard uh everyday you know pop uh-huh. record
2: right yeah i couldn't imagine katie perry ever singing or being you know being a part of a record like this like at all
1: no, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, could you imagine, like, like you brought up eight. Like, could you imagine, like, Katy Perry, like pitching <laughs> yeah. her vocals or something like that? You know, it, like it, it just wouldn't happen. And I think, like, th- this there has become this space in between um, the 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 mainstream and the you know the underground and and things like this are, are where it where it lay. It's sort of like the the pitchfork uh, land now. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Actually, I mean,
0: yeah. So the thing is that this however is a massive massive success right so it might actually be and i want to return to this later but and this might be the thing that sort of kills off the katy perry's and stuff like that this might be uh the sound to come or something but you know it is really a dominant uh cultural force and i think she's the first um i hope i have this right she's the first person born after the year 2000 to have a number one album um on the billboard charts which is really huh, wow. interesting but but it is it's a massive seller so we're, we've kind of been like leading toward my next question and maybe you feel like we've already answered it but when tom york says you know you're the only one doing anything fucking interesting nowadays like what does he mean by nowadays does billy eilish really stand out that much i think
1: he has to mean like in the pop world you know like yeah, right sure. right um sure. I don't know. When when people say like things like that, it just makes me think you're an old <laughs> fucking boomer like uh you know, yeah. <laughs> nothing has been good since Bonham died, you know. Like right, so right, I kind of right. I kind of really hate those sort of statements uh, in general. But I, yeah, I mean, I think she does. But does she stand yeah, out? Yeah, I think she does stand out. Um, you know, like I think she I think Lord sort of like maybe is the the first like big one to to make this like um to make a mark with this like sort of alt pop thing. But I, I feel uh, like Eilish is sort of like taking that a step further, you know. Like she, like uh, like you never saw Lord on, uh, you know, all these like TV shows. Uh, Eilish did that Hot Ones show, and so you know, Lord Lord's not doing those sort of like uh, like these are big like cultural things uh, right now. Um, that are sort of also not the mainstream you know like hot ones is like is like a great example yeah. of this you like know?
0: youtube is still not like a youtube show even though it gets more views than like even most late night shows exactly. or whatever it's not considered like real tv or something uh, like
1: no exactly that. it's like a guy in a room with just you know a black curtain he handed him a laptop you know he's got to log into it right, so, right like right. um you know it, it's sort of like Got this this underground like feel to it, even though, like you said, yeah, it probably gets more more people watch that than they watch the Tonight Show or watch, you know, any any TV show. Um, so I I I think it's just we're just moving into to a, a a new um a new world. Yeah. So what do you think, Darren? Do you think she
2: stands out in the current like pop landscape? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, and I think Tom is talking about like in general, like. What you know? What are the biggest pop stars today? You know the Ariana Grandes, the even like the Miley Cyruses, right? Like, right. You know, Billie Eilish is is quickly, quickly, and if not already, become that big of a name, like a household name, right? And right. she's doing something different than all of those people. Taylor Swift, everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah. So I mean,
1: I guess. Have you Did you guys listen to any of her, like, early stuff, I, by chance? I listened I to just the song Ocean Eyes because I, I knew you wanted to talk about it.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, didn't it strike you as, like, it's, it's just, like, kind of your run-of-the-mill yeah. yes. Like, yes. YouTube yes. sensation? It's extremely Lana Del Rey, mm-hmm. um, you it's know, which safe. is fine. They're, yeah, they're, I mean, there are a lot of young um artists or whatever who just, like, love Lana Del Rey or whatever, and they make songs on YouTube. This obviously has higher production values, but, you know... What I'm wondering is like when you listen to this record, I mean, her debut record, because I, I also listened to her EP that precedes this and I, I found it Ocean Eyes is on it and I found it similarly like anonymous, you know, it was kind of just like any YouTuber sort of, and there were some catchy songs, but you know, here, did you guys, did it strike you as like this is a distinct voice? Because I, I find myself like wrestling with this because I kept thinking about all the influences, which I think are so in your face. And Yet, did you feel like this is the sound of Billie Eilish? You know, this is a distinct personality and sound and voice.
1: You know, kind of, kind of not because, like you said, uh, you know, you you've can see the um, influences so like heavily, but also, you know, there's always sort of like that artist that like in, in a in a generation or whatever that like takes the uh influences and all of of previous times it melds it into something new and then you know bam we've got it. like like the ramones you know like the ramones sound like the ramones but really they're just like bringing back uh 50s rock and roll you know like it sounds very yeah. actually similar to that just uh played a little less well um and it, it like this sort of almost feels i mean i'm not saying she's as good as the ramones but like <laughs> right. uh, no hate mail um but you know it sort of feels like that like like she's just like, I don't know, it's, it's hard to put into words, but, like, she she doesn't, like, it doesn't seem wholly original, but it's not, it's not like a carbon copy either, you know? It, putting it, her own spin on her influences? Yeah, it's like melding, like, like, influences that, like, maybe typically don't go together, so, like, now you're, you're forming something new, you know?
2: Yeah, I, I struggled with this because, you know, I think she has a nice voice, you know, I think she sings well. I imagine mm-hmm. you probably hate that Gabe, but um <laughs> no know. no I mean I actually it didn't it, it struck me as like a sometimes I I really
0: think it could be the lord singer and I wouldn't know that you would swap them out but for
2: the most part I felt like it wasn't just your
0: average anonymous like good singer right um, but I
2: don't know if like you know people like Ariana Grande uh Taylor Swift you know Britney Spears Christina Aguilera like if you could put any instrument, play any music, you would probably be able to tell their voices apart, right? Her, you know, Billie Eilish, I, I feel like there's more to it. Like, you couldn't just rely solely on her on her vocal. You know, if you put on the song, like, Bad Guy, you know, there's the vocal, there's the music, there's the image that kind of gets, you know, yeah. into your head about that. I think all of that is like, oh, that's Billie Eilish. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if, it's like... It's like a package deal. Ki- yeah. Yeah. I, I'm having a hard time describing it, but that's kind of what I'm getting at. I mean, I guess that is like a pop staple. And we, we didn't
0: really talk about it that much. So we should try to describe a little bit more about like the lyrics and the general aesthetic here. Did you guys watch some of those music videos or anything like that?
1: I watched the bad guy one because I, and I had seen like a lot of pictures. Like it, it gets like memed a, a little bit, like her riding okay. in those little cars and stuff. So I realized I had seen a bunch of pictures from that. But I, I did watch that video. And, uh, you know, it was, it was like a pretty cool video, you know, and it, I, I feel like it did like, um, set like a, a tone for her aesthetic and everything like like Darren said it like really like sort of becomes this this package uh deal and I I, I I normally nowadays you know music videos are just kind of if you're a really big fan you know you'll watch them but I feel like with her like that I, I think at least that one's like sort of uh worth seeing yeah, but you don't think that's like just standard for pop? Like that's kind of always been with pop. You
0: you got to you got to see how they dress and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I guess that's a good point, you know. I, I didn't really think about that. Um but yeah, yeah, that actually is sort of a good point. How would you describe the aesthetic, Darren?
2: Yeah, so I you know, I've seen the bad guy video and I kind of was like put off by it because I just didn't feel like it linked up as well with like what I sort of envisioned with the the music, you know what I mean? Um yeah. and I guess it, because it's just so whispery and like relatively like dark and that's just not what i'm like seeing in the in the video it's yeah, a little more of, fun
1: the video yeah, yeah the video's is like a little like goofy um but i, th- I thought that worked because and i don't want to get too far away but like there's a little bit of goofy stuff on this record you know like it's not. Yeah. It's not straight. You know, got like that. My strange addiction has like just samples of the office for like yeah. seemingly no reason. Um, yeah, I know. you know, like there's there's some goofy and like stuff. Like the whole in song, it. bad guy with like, the duh, I, I'm the I'm the steal
0: your dad type and right. stuff like that. You know, there's like a fun playfulness and that video is very is very you know quite fun and playful, especially like that that really catchy high synth line. You know, and she's like mm-hmm. kind of dancing around. Um, but the ending of that song is like I think kind of awesomely dark all of a sudden right. you know that like yeah, outro a, thing nice and, switch. yeah and in the video it's actually like quite creepy she's like sitting on a guy who's doing push-ups yeah, and of right, course that's, that's video, a bit more
2: of what i was sort of envisioning.
0: yeah that. and if you watch you know like the bury a friend video it's basically like a horror like a short horror film and like you know it's it's really a lot closer to like nine inch nails closer video um <laughs> than anything fun and if you watch when the party's over it, it's very you know. It really reminds me kind of of um, another influence I feel like I spot, especially in her aesthetic, uh, Tyler, the creator or odd future in general. Speaking of 2010, again, <laughs> um, where it's basically just her and she's sitting in like an all white room and there's like a glass, a glass of like black liquid and she drinks it. And then like black liquid just starts like sort of streaming from her eyes. And like that's the whole video. Um, much, much darker And horror. So, Darren, like, you sense the fun, but sometimes it gets very, like, I don't know, melodramatic teen girl. Do you think?
2: (laughs) Yeah, and you know, this is kind of where, you know, you wonder. I I don't know. I mean, I I find it. I guess you have to like you think about like authenticity and like you know is she being genuine and stuff. And like, from everything I've seen, everything I've read, I mean, I feel like this is truly like this is like her. You know what I mean? Like she's just into this sort of like you know weirdness and in trying to like put a lot of things on you know upside down on its head or whatever you know whatever you may think of like what a pop star uh 17 year old should be you know i think the that ringer article that you shared um was really interesting because it kind of mentions like britney spears was like the same exact age at the time when she became big and like think of the difference between yeah think of the difference between Britney Spears in that, like, school uniform and Billie Eilish, you know what I mean? Like, they don't even belong in the same, like, universe, basically. Um, when you watch her interviews, you read, you read, what she's saying and stuff, I mean, she's talking about, like, she's saying, like, very clearly, like, you know, fuck Invisalign, fuck the, you know, like, she'll, she'll just say it, and, you know, I, to me, (laughs) if that was happening, if Britney Spears was saying something like that back in the 90s you know, the record executives would be, like, going nuts if yeah. somebody was, like, just saying something I, like I, that. So, okay. I think it does feel,
1: I think it feels a little genuine. You know, like, like, I watched her, uh, or tried to watch her over-under on Pitchfork, and it was uh, very hard to watch. It was, like, sort of embarrassing. But then I remember, like, oh, yeah, she's yeah. 17. I would have had a fucking embarrassing over-under at yeah, 17, too. You know, like, yeah. she sort of just seemed, like, I didn't know Britney Spears was the same age, and, that, and that's nuts, but, um, you know, like, Britney Spears like sort of does seem manufactured and whatnot, but like that, I mean, we were sort of like her where, you know, you were like, uh, you know, you like nine inch nails and tool and and stuff, you know, and you were like Mm -hmm. trying to be different and cool and whatnot, you know, and maybe slightly embarrassing about it, you know? So I, I think like it feels, it feels like her genuine personality to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, it feels appropriate for her age, for sure. I think that sometimes it gets really, um, it gets really melodramatic, um, especially like lyrically. Her aesthetic, you know, it feels like the kind of, you know, the bleeding and like the horror tropes and stuff are all some like sort of metaphor for what it feels like to be a teenager. And it feels like so over the top. It, it It's kind of like this euphoria show on HBO or whatever, where it's like, A super, super amplified version of, you know, like regular teenage shit, probably, Um, you know, boys breaking up with you or whatever and feeling depressed and stuff. But I guess what we're kind of groping toward, because I I think we should just we can just jump around, because basically I I wanted to talk about why why is she getting so much hype? Why is she getting so much um, critical acclaim, so much like respect from like these high caliber artists. But really, I feel like some of that defense of her is actually a response to the backlash to Billie Eilish. And we've been kind of groping toward the backlash. And I guess we should just jump into the, you know, industry plant uh, discussion here, which is like something that people just seem like they always want to talk about when it comes to Billie Eilish. Now, you guys were talking about it feeling genuine. You're talking about Britney Spears. I mean, maybe first... Maybe you could use Bernie Spears as an example. Um
1: how would you de- define what people want to say an industry plant is? It's like some something I uh, Bernie Spears maybe is a harder example. I I think of something like NSYNC Backstreet Boys. Like, that's not a band that like, you know, a lot of when you think of a band, you think of like some kids that got together in high school and you know, they played some bars yeah. and then somebody discovered them and and you know then they got a, a label and whatnot. You know, NSYNC is like somebody that Lou Pearlman guy was like, I got an idea. I'll make this band of of five attractive, you know, boys. One will be the bad boy, you know. One will be the the sweet guy, and then so he goes <laughs> right, out and he, right. you know, he auditioned, You know, JT's on the team. You know, uh, whoever else got on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like that. That's form formulate. You know, like that that band didn't exist until a powerful record executive decided it should exist because he saw a market for it and wanted to make millions and millions of dollars and it worked you know that that's sort of what i think of when i think of like a legitimate industry plan I
0: mean, like britney spears too because it's kind yeah. of like yeah 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 you, you know, in fact did you know darren i didn't know this but um and maybe i'm fucking this up but if i remember correctly you know robin was supposed to be like this hot new pop artist by this whatever this management company is and she was, like, being too weird. And so they, like, you know, put their hopes from her onto this young girl, Brittany Spears, to try to make her into, like, wow. the next big thing. Um, and so that's kind of, like, Robin went her own way and, you know, Britney Spears went hers. But it does feel like there was there were a bunch of label execs and they were like, Britney Spears, um, let's put her in a schoolgirl outfit. Yes, this and let's be tie great. it up
2: so we can see her midriff just a little bit. Yeah, that's yeah, they...
0: That wasn't like an expression of her personality no, necessarily. Exactly. Um exactly. yeah, yeah. So what would you add to like the this industry plant definition, Darren?
2: Yeah, so, you know, exactly kind of what you guys are saying, like a room full of suits who are trying to basically manufacture big hits. They hire you know, the best songwriters and the best producers and all of this stuff to right. Literally. And then, then all they need the, uh, the person for is for like an image. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. a Robin's a good example. I mean, Robin had a, like a pretty big hit in the nineties before she disappeared. And I guess this is kind of the time that you're talking about Gabe. Right. Um, and she completely fell off the radar and came back in like 2010. Right. I mean, that was a long time. Right. Um, you know, you look at like Sky Ferreras Ferreira's uh whatever her she talks about this like on her album like she talks about how like basically record executives telling her to be sexier and to you know right. wear certain clothing and stuff and she sort of rejects that and where is she now I mean that's that you know whatever yeah, yeah. but like industry planned by definition to me is like you know record executives deciding on what they believe is going to be trendy you know having like market research doing all of this spending all sorts of money to create an image and then placing the right person in yeah, that image selling it yeah yeah
0: yeah and you know so when it comes to billy eilish um there's there's all that stuff there's also the added um qualifier it seems to be of an industry plant where you have the only reason you became the face was because you had some kind of connections in the first place you know so her uh, her parents are, I don't know, they're like actors, like not mm-hmm. famous really, but they've, they've had small roles in like popular stuff like the West Wing and I don't know, um, Baskets and stuff like that. But um, her brother was on Glee, I guess. Right. And, um, you know, so she certainly got a leg up, but in your guys words you know why are people calling Billie eilish an industry
1: plant i think when what you just said you know like having the connections like seems a little suspicious and stuff but um uh anthony fantano did a a, like video about eilish being an industry plant and i thought he like really um he really like explained it well like basically anyone you know that's famous is famous because they have sort of some sort of connection. That's just the way the world works, you know. There, there's so many. Yeah. Think of how many people you know personally that have a band. You know, Every, everybody, right, everybody's right, right. had a band at some point in their life, you know. And then how many of those not only like make money, but become like hugely famous? Most of the, I mean, like even he, he uh, Fantano even mentions like the Beatles. You know, like the Beatles were sort of like they happened to to meet Brian Epstein and. Epstein, like, sort of molds them into this image, you know, pushes yeah. them a, a certain way. And then that's why they become, you know, this huge band and everything. So, like...
0: I mean, so there's definitely that, but there's, like, it feels a little different because you could say something like, okay, yes, it it... it you get a lucky break by like making a, uh, the right friend or impressing the right person or whatever. But then it feels like, what do you do with that lucky break? Right. So, like somebody
1: like Nirvana, it doesn't feel like they compromised once they got there. I mean, Nirvana is a bad um, example because they are like one of those few that like really did just like make it from nothing well but i mean know? like a lot there,
0: there's a lot you know there's people like i mean there, there's just like countless artists where it's it's not like they were totally compromised by okay if you want your shy, you got to totally change your image or something like that like i feel like there, there are a lot of artists that were kind of bold and uncompromising we tend to celebrate those and we acknowledge like hey they got a lucky break and yeah. look what they did with it whereas there are other people who you know it, it just feels like you know mass market appeal or something like really um they they get their lucky shot because they're willing to play along, and then otherwise you end up like this sky and I can't say her last name either, Darren. So don't <laughs> feel bad. um You know where you're just totally shut out. But I mean, you know, so basically, what I thought of when I thought of an industry plant, I, I guess I think that the whole industry plant thing is in some ways bogus, in some ways not bogus. So, in one sense. I can't, you know, people like, because Fantano, he talks about like the Beatles and the Clash and stuff and people who actually were kind of like groomed. And then, of course, the Beatles kind of like took it and ran with it in their own direction. But as being an example of an industry plant, I got a much better example of an industry plant, which is like Sean Lennon, oh, or, like yeah. Damien Marley. Yeah. <laughs> what could be a greater industry plant than that? And yet, have you ever felt like, oh, Sean Lennon
1: shouldn't be allowed to make music? No, exactly. Yeah, no, that, that's actually a really good point. You know, like and maybe Sean lennon is a bad example because he didn't like uh, you, you know is actually a better example uh julian lennon who in the who in the 80s uh had like a couple sort of minor hits and uh they're really trash um and they really do sort of like reek of that like my dad's john lennon uh you yeah. know we can sell this, whatever. Um so yeah, Sean Lennon, I think he, he's like gone his own like he has like some weird band with less claypool now, you know, like he's he's not yeah. exactly like trying to you But know, even then, well,
0: even even like Julian, like I mean you would like why not? Why why shouldn't he be allowed to make a record if he wants to make a record, you know? No,
1: but I think like like someone like Julian Lennon, like I don't know if you've ever listened to his record, but I have tried and um that the record would not have been made if his last name was something different. Uh you know, it, it's not very good. But, but yeah, I, I get what you mean. Like, I mean, he, why shouldn't he be allowed to? And and there's people like uh, the, the the Wallflowers. Like, that's Bob Dylan's son. Yeah, And, yeah. you know, he doesn't really like... Well, I think
2: like, of, like, Kurt Cobain's daughter, Frances Bean. Yeah, like, No. You know, like, even if there's, like, a, a minor talk about her creating an album, like, there's article after article. Yeah, and what's exactly. what's really interesting is that those articles, they title it, like, Kurt Cobain's daughter, not... Yeah, not Frances Francis Bean Cobain. Cobain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean...
2: So, I mean, the question is, like
0: let's say that Billie Eilish got a leg up because she has some kind of industry connections and it certainly is. There's something a little suspicious about the fact that like her breakthrough song is ocean eyes, which sounds as professionally produced as her debut album here does. Um, so maybe they're just rich. And yeah. They're, I they're mean, her brother, you know, but he, he makes all the music, he makes all the music and stuff like that. It's not like they have a team of songwriters. Like you were mentioning Darren. Um, but is it, you know, you kind of already touched on it, Darren, but is it like a, is this like kind of her or is this a label exec, like mm-hmm. giving her a leg leg up and selling us right. a Billie Eilish that we want to
2: see? So here's my thoughts, like, and I've thought about this so much, you know, I, it, to answer the question directly, like, do I think Billie Eilish is an industry plant? I would say no, but there is no doubt in my mind that there is not a room full of suits, record executives, Right. That are strategizing behind the image of Billie Eilish. Because look at all of the places that she's been. 17 Magazine, mm-hmm. Ellen, yeah. the Ellen show. She's everywhere. Even Pitchfork. I mean, these are, you know, Billie Eilish is not like reaching out directly to these people and trying to get on there. No, there is somebody behind the scenes that is putting her out there. You know, but, and like this is what yeah. happens when you get on a major label. I mean, look, you you mentioned Nirvana as an example of not at all being an industry plant, but you know, they got a lot of more. Uh, they got a lot more airplay on the radio because they signed on to Geffen Records. You exactly. Know I mean? They got their videos played on MTV, and that's so why saw it. That's why you sign on a major label, or and they didn't compromise their their image or their sound because what they were doing was what people were already like. They were ready for it. They were mm-hmm. relating to right, it. But right. somebody has to get it out there. Billie Eilish, she, you know, the way she dresses. Her sort of style, her thoughts on like, oh, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm going to wear baggy clothing because I don't want people to judge me and stuff or, you know, because people yeah, shouldn't care yeah. about it, whatever. That I mean, that's a sentiment that is shared. I mean, that's a big thing right now. We all know about that, right? And so right, you right, take right. that, you bottle it up and you find all the right avenues, YouTube, all these places so that it can get out there and then people latch onto it. Yeah, I think that's
1: completely perfect, Aaron. Like that, that's exactly how I feel. Like, yeah, she's signed to a major label. So yeah, there is a room of suits behind her. Because there's a room of suits yeah. behind there's money. it. There's money yeah. involved. There, there's well, a room I mean, of suits so that's, behind that's, any of those I, people.
0: What I want to know is, like, I'm fine with that as long as it's genuine. So sometimes, like, it feels a little pandering, you know, when she puts, like, for reasons I really cannot understand why the clips from The Office are on that one song, it feels a little bit like, oh, all of like the young kids today they binge watch The Office on Netflix. So it's like a shared uh cultural language they have. And so you think like okay, there are a couple options here. One, Billie Eilish like just loves The Office and she happens to be a lot like a lot of people in her Which generation she does. and she does a couple, so she apparently. so she puts it there. Uh two, that's true or not, but it doesn't matter because she knows that a lot of her listeners will really get a kick out of that, and so she adds it. Three, some suit says could you put an office reference on this because it gives us like you know we see that our audience really likes that um you know at the end of the day is there even a difference between those three
1: things and would it bother you if it was kind of a suits decision i mean if it's a suits decision then that's a little stupid but i don't think right. it is i mean like you said it's sort of a shared cultural language of her age group you know like the people that age the, the office is their seinfeld mm-hmm. and you know when, when i was 15 making shitty songs uh you know on my computer i put star wars uh samples in them and stuff yeah, because because yeah, i fucking true. liked star wars and i thought right. it would be cool to to have a star wars sample you know right, like but that's why here, i did it just the, the
2: difference, difference is, is no one heard mine and you know we're hearing hers <laughs> well and there's there's a there's a mixture here right because you know according to 17.com in the article i read that said 10 uh, <laughs> reasons why you'll be more obsessed with billy eilish One of those reasons was that she loves The Office, right? Right, Okay, so she genuinely loves The Office, but who's paying for the rights to be able to put The Office on this major record, you know? That is something a little weird, because it's like a very indie
0: thing to kind of, like, sample something that you like, you know, on there, um, on your album, but she must have paid a lot of money, or her label did, to have that. So it's kind of like a funny exposure of, like, this feels indie, but it's not really. Um, (laughs) But, you know, it's not just that. I mean, it feels like all of her lyrics are... They're really kind of like, I don't know, it's, there's a lot of like sad girl shit, a lot of like, you know, kind of clever, witty shit. And it feels um, just very fitting to be like the caption on an Instagram photo or a Tumblr uh, post, you know. Um, and so then you start to like wonder, you know, is this just how she thinks because she grew up on Instagram or... Is she like consciously thinking or is somebody consciously asking her to um, or her brother to write lyrics that will that people will share on Instagram? You know, it goes beyond the office to just be like, you know, are the lyrics calculated? Is the image calculated? Like, not, you, you know,
1: you start to like have doubt about everything. Almost. I mean, think about when we, when we were this age. Everybody, you know, you take your favorite emo lyric and make it your away message on AIM you know did this and actually i was thinking about like
0: in our youth you know we had live journal and i felt like a lot of emo bands were
1: specifically
0: writing to be
1: quoted on live
0: (laughs) journal title of the
2: journal entry
1: deliberately i think oh yeah i mean all those like all those like screamo hardcore bands yeah like all the titles were some long like you know rambling uh live journal title yeah but but i mean that was just like i don't think that you know there most of those bands weren't on like some major label um, I think it was just like, that was the culture at the time. You know, the culture now is posting stuff on Instagram, you know, having like a little so she's got her quote. like, I mean, cause she's got her finger on the culture or she's just, expressing I think she's just her true feelings or I, does it I think matter? it's hard for us to look at it. Cause we're all in our thirties. You know, if okay, okay. like okay. if we <laughs> you are now. Just uh, called out. Just called out.
2: <laughs> but, <laughs> but he's not ready yet, okay? He's just, yeah, just, he just
1: he just joined the club. But um but yeah, you know, like it, it maybe it feels calculated to us because we're because we're not doing that. We're not posting our favorite lyrics on Instagram. But we fucking were when we were 17. You know, we all did it on LiveJournal, on MySpace, on AIM. I know, but
0: does do the calculation like Darren? Do you feel like it's that's calculated, and would it bother you if it
2: was? Like, what what do I think is
0: calculated? Like, you know, like she's writing like the with the intent
2: of people sharing this on Instagram. You know, like that's you know, I does mean, that feel like weird? I I think Phineas, her brother, I think that's kind of part of his role, right? I can imagine, and this is obviously just total speculation, but like, you know, Billy comes up with a song called "Wish You Were Gay." you know she maybe just written something a little something on the guitar and i think that phineas sort of formulates that so that it would fit and maybe it would be something you know so that it would work in a way that yes it would be like great for an instagram post or whatever like i just i just think that is part of it but i truly believe that most of this is truly genuine and that song in particular i think is where i i go to because like when i first heard it i was like well that's this is interesting. This sounds like something like how appropriate for her to be singing something like this right now. Right. But when you read into yeah. it, you know, it turns out, Oh, she wrote this song about a guy. And I guess the guy didn't like her back or something like that. And she right, just wishes right. that he was just gay. Like I, she wishes that was the reason that she, yeah, that he so didn't it wouldn't like her or damage whatever. her ego. But it's, I right. mean, yeah, it kind of yeah. changes my perspective
0: on the song, you know? So where I came down on is like, so yeah, I do think that I think it's genuine. I think that, like I mentioned with like Sean Lennon, Julian Lennon, Damian Marley, whatever. Like, I actually don't care about industry plants. I think a lot of you know, if depending on how loose your definition of industry plant is, like like you mentioned, Dan, a lot of stuff would fall under the umbrella of industry plant. And it just doesn't matter. It just matters what you do with that opportunity. I'm not really like I don't really care about like how the opportunity came about. And if your music's not good, I think Fantana mentions this. Like, people are going to forget about you. In fact. You know, but but then, so let me get a little bit conspiratorial here. Conspiracy, Gabe uh, also has some (laughs) things to say. Um, So you were mentioning this, Darren, but um, hype is like the label's job, and hype is bullshit because. And they've been doing it from the dawn of time. It's mm-hmm. not like a new thing, you know. When you see like an old movie poster or something, and it'll say something like um, "See the movie everyone's talking about." That's you know? bullshit. Like nobody yeah, was exactly nobody was talking about it. Nobody was. But <laughs> part of the strategy is to get you to think that everybody's talking about it. Right. Like you got, you see don't want to you know? miss so out. Like, Yeah, they still do this, and I believe again, conspiracy gay believes that, like on Reddit, are people paid by oh, a companies. thousand percent? I swear to yeah, God, a thousand I swear percent. to God, like. On 4chan, on all this shit. they're On YouTube comments. They would be literally stupid if they didn't do it, you know? It would be stupid not to do it. You you want to create, like, an organic growth vibe, um, but, yeah, you'd be an idiot not to, like, try to manipulate that in some way. And so I think we should separate that from Billie Eilish herself. I will agree wholeheartedly that the whole hype machine around her is kind of trying to make her... Uh, The voice of Generation Z, you know, Um, whatever the fuck they call these kids nowadays. I don't actually know, but (laughs) I think that's it's like it's trying to make her the voice of her generation. And I think that her music is entirely separate from the way she's being marketed and hyped up. Would you agree with this, Darren?
2: Yes, I would. And there's a perfect example of this um, if you guys have read about it. Just recently, she had, like, some sort of fashion line uh, that, that was, like, started, and then uh-huh. people on Twitter started blowing up about the fact that the artwork that was on this oh, yeah, I read shirt that. or whatever was actually, com- like, copied from a fan art of some anime, whatever, and it got to the mm-hmm. point, it got, you know, blown up so much that she actually backed away from this collaboration entirely because, you know, the the company that was doing this was truly, you know, stealing. But, um but that that to me like that's different than the billie eilish on the record right like she's I, she doesn't have complete control i think over her image or where she's going at this point her name at this point like people are are no, it's like sort of collaboration. I don't think she had anything to do with it. really. No, you I
1: know? mean think about it. Like you, you go to Target. I, I'm sure there's like a, a Taylor Swift cologne or a perfume yeah, or a Rihanna yeah. perfume. You think fucking Taylor Swift was like you know picking out flat room? Mm, you know that's a good smell. You put that in the bottle. Like <laughs> yeah, no I fucking. Like sniff she had good. she had nothing. Yeah, uh, you know, it's a little Foley work yeah, for you. Probably not. she had nothing to do with it. You know, like and and who cares? You know, like there, there's it's very like, few yeah. of the like Kanye making shoes and clothes and stuff. He's like the only only like one of the only ones that like is actually doing that,
0: yeah, but I mean, even like beyond that stuff, it's like you know like that seventeen magazine article you talked about, Darren, like her label paid for that, and yeah, they yeah of of probably yeah. you know they they probably basically wrote it for uh the magazine, you know, and like you know I just really believe conspiracy gay believes wholeheartedly that like reviews are sometimes purchased, oh, yeah, comments on message boards are purchased like. All this shit to make it feel organic. And you've got all these people like that are not real people saying, "Billy is the voice of a generation. Billy is the voice well, of a generation. Uh, yeah. She speaks for Gen Z. And then everybody starts to believe it and starts to repeat it. And I think that that's what the backlash is reacting to. The music, you know, we'll, we'll get to this in more detail. Um, you know, it, it's fine. It's like uh, there's no reason to actually hate it. But the hype machine around her i i can kind of sympathize but with that, that's literally the label, I hate ha- the label
1: not it's her. literally happened since the dawn of of music yeah you know people used yes. to pay radio djs to play a song i i work right, i work right. in radio and uh every like quarter i have to sign a paper saying i won't do that for the government because <laughs> like people did it for but so it's bullshit because you know? there's just like a different the internet gives us
2: different versions of payola yeah exactly with, you know like it's back um well, and, you know, I, I was going to mention, just on a on a smaller scale, I mean, we've received emails, right, about bands we've never heard of. Oh, yeah. Somebody wanting us to review their record. It wasn't the band. It wasn't anybody right, in the band. Right, it was some right, right. person who represents them. And, I mean, that's happening at the smallest level of, like, what do you think is happening with with the millions yeah. of dollars that, that are backing, you know, yeah, exactly. the image of Billie Eilish. Yeah,
0: it's weird. And also, you know, a final thought of Conspiracy Gabe is that, there is some shady industry plant shit that I think does happen, which is like, um, I don't know who was first, honestly, but like maybe it was Lil Pump, but like racially ambiguous, basically white guys with like colorful hair and face <laughs> tattoos. Like there are like five of them. Like that, you know? Keshi 6'9.
1: Like, yeah.
0: yeah. And there's like a bunch of them. And it's <laughs> like, and that has to be just like a label being like, oh, yeah. hey, you know, we're, we're kind of looking for our uh, Lil Pump. Um We'll sign you if you'll dye your hair and like get a face, (laughs) stupid ass face tattoo, you know, or like that has to happen. But anyway, I guess, you know, we should we've been dancing around it, I guess, for a long time. But I mean, is this a good
1: record? Is Billie Eilish's debut record good? You know, when when we had the idea to do this show, I was really having really dreading having to listen to this uh, album. You know, I thought, you know, you say a 17 year old girl, uh, you know, pop star I'm not looking forward to that, but it actually it it was pretty good, you know. Like it, it was much better than I thought it would be. I, sometimes I had trouble like listening to the whole thing at once. It's it's sort of like more palatable in in pieces. Like yeah, uh, I, I think "Bad Guy" is like a really good song. Like that that's one of the best pop songs I've heard in in a in a hmm. long time. I I really like that track. Um, and you know like I I think it's it's pretty good. You know, like she's she's got potential. I I would like to, you know, when when she gets older a little more mature, I could do without like the the sort of jokey thing, you know, I don't need an office uh sample in yeah, the middle yeah, of like yeah, a song yeah. that has nothing to do with it. You know, like I with with a little maturity and stuff. I think like she could be something like really great, you know? Like hmm. this could be, you know, Bjork started when she was really young and stuff and yeah. and grew into this, you know, amazing artist. Like I I I could see something like that wow, happening so. here. According to Dan, uh, Billie Eilish,
0: next Ramones, next (laughs) Bjork, just the highest phrase ever. It
2: has been recorded. He can never change his opinion. (laughs) Um, What do you think, Darren? Yeah, so, you know, first off, I kind of think that she sounds older than 17, just kind of in general. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty, I've been pretty impressed by that. Like, I, I just can't imagine myself at the age of 17 being able to do or talk or sing or write about things quite like this but um you know in general when i approached the record you know i loved uh bad guy i thought that was a great song i thought wish you were great was great and then the rest of the record felt like just meh like i just there was just something missing but um you know as i have been as i have talked to you guys about before when i start to dig into the artists and learn more about them and the writing process and everything around the album i suddenly get like a lot more excited about the songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the record really grew on me. Uh, you know, I came to really like it. You know, I'm very surprised that in this era, you know, at her age and the audience that she is sort of singing to, that she's got an actual album. You know what I mean? Like that the songs, you know, they okay. are, they sound cohesive. Yeah. Like, yes, every track kind of has a different accent to it, like kind of tr- trying to change it up. So it doesn't sound too repetitive. I mean, the album's obviously not perfect, but in 2019 to put something out like this yeah that is, that's true you know an album i feel like it's worth listening to that's was you know pleasantly surprising
0: yeah i mean I, I i will defend her i think from accusations of being like an industry plant um but i will also say that i think this is like fairly mediocre like it's okay yeah. um yeah. i think there are a couple songs that are fun but i but not like mind-blowingly fun you know i think of like bad guy you know you mentioned like one of the best pop songs you've heard like lately and i think like you know kind of but then you know i think of like um that ariana grande song thank you next like i don't like her at all but that song to me feels like transcendently see like, i hate it's that so song. Catchy. I,
1: I fucking cannot Weird. stand
0: that, that song or or her at all <laughs> i i really hate <laughs> yeah I, I really don't like her at all but i was like god damn i gotta hand it to her like that's a catchy ass song i mean bad you guy i feel think like
2: bad guy's a good song
0: i i, I feel like it's a good song i'm like that's good for like um you know a couple like 10 listens and then Ooh. like i'll be good um i feel like the the production is is um often kind of elevating what are like just really okay songs um which is you know i guess i, I must admit it's a, it's a positive quality um and then I feel like the the record ends with three absolute fucking duds, yeah. Like I will just agree right there. in a row, yeah. like ten minutes of a forty-minute record in a row is just clunker after clunker. It gets like, you know, we talked about that humor, that sort of fun playfulness, and there are songs on here where she's like really quite um, serious, even early on, and yet the production I find quite playful in a in a cool way. But these last couple songs are just straight up like piano ballads, like plucked guitar ballads.
1: I I Love You, like, sort of reminded me of, like, Ocean Eyes. It's just like a, a,
2: it's okay, yeah, like somebody on YouTube. I like that song. I like that song. I I think I could have done without the two songs before it. You know, I feel like you're kind of worn out by the time you get to I Love You. You know what I mean? I feel like that song could have just, it probably could have ended the record for me, and then I would have dropped Listen Before I I Go. I would have mixed that shit up, man. Yeah. The the
0: because like listen before I go and I love you are the two longest songs in the album they come back to back and they're like basically the same song they're so slow they're so melodramatic listen before I go is like the cringiest shit ever because (laughs) it's like a suicide note and then like at the end there's like police sirens you know like as if she like really did it she really jumped off this building or whatever I mean there's not an ounce of humor or self awareness people compare her to Lana Del Rey but Lana Del Rey is like ironic yeah she's like self aware pop star this is like if Lana Del Rey had no self-awareness whatsoever, which is kind of defeats the whole point. Um, and then I felt like the less on goodbye, you know, okay, I appreciate that it is actually a closing track, meant to be a closing track. I really appreciate that it's only two fucking minutes long <laughs> after those long ass, boring songs. But um it's just you know what it is. It's just all the every line, before, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every line is just a line
1: from. A previous I thought yeah, song. it was like a cheap version, like a cheap. Uh, That's a reprise.
0: Yeah. It's a very lazy yeah. way to add finality to a project. It's a like full imagine album, if a movie. Okay. Imagine if a movie just ended with like flashbacks of every <laughs> scene that you know was like remember this scene that was a good, That's a good scene, idea wasn't it? remember this one <laughs> it, you know I was just like what are we doing here you know so a really flawed. Thing I think, um, you know, we talked about some of these like highlights and, um, you know, I guess we talked about some stuff that we actually uh, really didn't like, um, you know, were there any other any other like sort of things you wanted to spotlight here? Because I kind of want to move on to the the meta conversation about the backlash, the uh, you know, why the backlash? Why such a strong backlash? Maybe we already got into it with the industry plan stuff. But then why such a strong
1: defense if it seems like we all kind of think it's okay, right? I, I think it's a little better than okay, you know? Like, I think it's... it's give, give it a rating, Dan. Give it a rating. I, I'd give it like a, a low seven. Like a seven. Seven. Something like that, you know? Like... So why is it so divisive if it's like a seven? I, I, it's like a good... I think... You know what is going on? I don't know. Uh, the divisiveness really, like that was one of the reasons I was sort of not listening, not looking forward to listening to this because uh, generally when things are like real divisive like that, I, you know, I sort of uh, end up on the uh, I hate it, you know, sort, sort of sort of sort of scale. <laughs> okay. But um, you know, so I, I was like really sort of shocked, like why there is any sort of like division on this because I think either you're gonna think maybe it's just a reaction to like the people who think that this is like the second coming uh you know of something right. and because I, I
0: the label that wants us to believe that it's the second coming <laughs>
1: yeah exactly and i don't think it's that you know so maybe people are like pushing against uh, uh, against like the the overwhelming hype you know that that maybe it doesn't like necessarily deserve but i think like it's it's exciting i i, I think that the, the, the she gets the hype because it's exciting that like she is so young and and everything and has made something like 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 darren said like can you imagine like you at 17 like making something that's like half as good as this you know um and i think people push back against that um just just i, I think a lot of people too just like want her to fail you know like it, it's just like sort of mean-spirited <laughs> yeah what do you yeah, think about that, Yeah, the parent? internet
2: just it's just a mean place yeah you know? um you know all right i'm gonna give it a rating um i'm gonna give it an 8.5 bnm okay are you kidding uh, no i'm not kidding because because bnm means that the album should be listened to this should be listened to yes there's wow. issues with it of course there's issues with it and there's some songs that are not great there's some songs that are really good and i think that it's definitely something everyone should give a listen to now in response to the divisiveness and all of that i mean when something is everywhere all over the place constantly being talked about reference memed whatever you know people are going to start to hate it you know what i mean there's going to be the the stands out there who are always going to defend billy eilish the millions of followers yeah on Instagram. but it took like it took like you know
0: seven years for that to happen to taylor swift you know like everybody loved her for a long time and then the backlash but i think with her
1: she's sort of a bad example because she started in the country music world and in the country music world uh, people for the most part just listen to like the people who are on the radio and she was on the radio and so they don't get like you know like there's just like this handful of artists that are like spoon fed to them and she was one of those anybody else that's just like you know I
0: don't know, Katy Perry. Nobody ever felt like. Because Katy Perry. Katy Perry was never divisive. Because nobody, because I don't think. There's no Lord backlash at all. Because nobody. Why the second that Billie Eilish came out?
1: Exactly. No, nobody, Is that nobody why? acted like Katy Perry was anything more than the next sugary, yes. saccharine pop star, you know, like nobody acted so like the she was just
2: left her alone. Cause it's like, why would we even take her? Yeah,
1: she's it's, it's like fighting against Britney Spears. You know, it's just, it's just the next one of those. Whereas like Billie Eilish has like sort of like invaded their cool kid indie club a little bit, you know?
2: Oh, yeah, and, and the people and, are and like, they push okay, back we should that. take her seriously. She's different. she's different. She's better than those people. And then, you know, the record label's like, yeah, she's different. She's unique. She's also very yeah. popular. People have a feel like they have to respond. Yeah, they have
0: to push back. It's got, and a, slight, uh, it's got a slight vibe of that, like, um, you know, that Reddit, like, not like other girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, where, you know, somebody claims to be, like, really unique or special. or something. You know, not like her herself, but I mean, like, the way the label talks about her, like, she's not like other artists, <laughs> yeah. where I feel like she's kind of She is kind of like a pop artist, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I see. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm like in full agreement because I felt like something really weird happened where it's the second she came out, there was a huge backlash and then there was a backlash to the backlash to where I can't even like tell what's what anymore, (laughs) but it's like the defenders, I don't even know how sincere they are because it's like they're defending extra hard. I feel like Tom York would never have said this if there wasn't the question in the first place. And I feel like, you know, Fantano um he gave this like an eight out of ten a really good score and you know i feel like he's he's being a little edgy you know in fact i I feel like he's he's become very calculating lately uh Uh, speaking of you know plants where it's he's kind of like he sees an in like that ghost 10 yeah he's like okay i'm gonna get all the disaffected kanye fans i'm gonna get you know next he's gonna give like bts a 10 and you'll know for sure that he's uh, i'm in (laughs) he's just pandering but you know, and then I've, I saw like serious music critics, like people like Stephen Hayden and stuff, putting it on their like best of the year so far list. And I feel like it's a little bit of a overcorrection to what was already a crazy, too intense backlash. Um, so there's just something, you know, I I found it very fun actually this past two weeks to like wonder what the hell is going on. Um, but yeah, I would give it. I would give it something like a six. I think it's like a oh. point better. It's a point better than like no need to hear this. To where it's like. Yeah, it wouldn't hurt to hear it, but, you know. But
2: if you saw Uh, that on Pitchfork, you probably wouldn't listen to it. And you don't think this is good enough or important enough to listen to? No. What makes it important? I mean, because I feel like, really, it's
0: the sounds of... We we should return to this, actually, because I don't think we fully hashed it out. But it's like the sounds of 2011 or something um, somehow have made it to the mainstream and it might be blowing people's minds but i heard like james blake's first album a long ass time ago you know and that was actually much more interesting than this you know um i heard jesus uh, a lot and it's like you know it's kind of a more palatable version of like what was really adventurous music almost 10 years ago now you disagree
2: i mean i do because i just don't think it's just about the music with billy eilish you know what i mean when you say james blake's early records like great what else about james blake was you know so intriguing back then nothing you know the music was good that's fine (laughs) that's fine (laughs) Kanye West is a little bit different because again we can talk about the whole story behind Kanye that's what makes him you know you know just as much as interesting as the music itself Billie Eilish is kind of like falling into that same place you know what I mean like she is sort of like pushing against uh you know pop star images and stuff and even whether or not that's like Interscope like pushing that sort of thing and bottling it up I still feel like, and we seem to all agree that that's genuinely Billie Eilish. She's just getting a platform, you know, what the executives are giving her is a platform to do that and people are relating to it. So she's, you know, like a rising star, but she's not a, she's not a plant. This was, she wasn't invented. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well,
0: all right. So let's move on to the inevitable next step of this conversation, which I see a lot and actually bugs me, um, which is like, if you criticize this album at all, people always say something like. Yeah, but she's only 17. Like, isn't it amazing that she made this at 17? You kind of mentioned this. Yeah, I've said it a few times. It's like, I guess so. Yeah, but like, I don't you know, that's not how I listen to no, stuff. And that's, not like, and oh, that's why person I, who made this, you know, had no arms or legs, like it <laughs> makes it better, you know, or something, you know, I, I'm just like, not going like to grade on a oh curve like that.
1: No. And that's I why know, I, no, no, it was probably inappropriate. And but, that's why I gave that a but, seven and, and not a B and M like, like, like Darren would, because I think, I think it's a pretty, it. I think it's a pretty good record. It's impressive for her age, but that's not a reason to listen to it. Who cares? Yeah. yeah, yeah who so that's cares not a reason that everybody, I think it's a reason for, to, to keep her maybe on your radar. Well, the next record comes. My out, next question know.
0: do you do you guys expect great things from her moving forward or is this kind of like a one
1: I'll, I'll i'll definitely the next record she puts out i'll i'll give it a spin if it's great then i'll say awesome you know I, i'll keep her on the radar if it's bad i'll say ah you know wh- whatever she could she couldn't uh cut it out you know it, she's sort of like what, what what her next move is i think will will define like very important yeah very, yeah very it, important. like th- this next uh, move and i don't be, have high hopes. Yeah, honestly, I, I, don't, I don't either. I, I honestly I think
2: this is the height of her startup. <laughs> wouldn't you
0: say, Darren, like when it comes to um, Lord's Pure Heroine album, mm-hmm. like I never listen to that again, you know? Like that, it basically was like the song Royals and Tennis Court when you boil it down. And they were great songs, um, especially Royals, but I'm never going to listen to that again. And, um, and yet, Lord, basically with her next album, kind of made like a, a, a great stride forward that um i thought was really an in- interesting uh and strong pop album and um to me this feels kind of like just like lord's pure heroine which is like f af- with a little space we'll look back and we'll realize it was like a couple good songs and um it will really
2: depend entirely yeah. on her next step you agree with that darren i do and i think that lord made. except right- you're
0: gonna give us an 8.5 <laughs> bnf
2: because I'm banking on this one, I think this is it, right? I really do. He's really cashing it's in. Gonna, it's <laughs> going to get any better than this. You know, Lord's second album, I love, you know, quite a bit when it came out. Of course, I haven't really listened to it so much since then, but I thought it was the step in the right direction, you know, even though it's not, you know, we're not really talking about Lord that much anymore. Oh, well, you know, I hope that Billie Eilish does something similar and just gets more weird. Like, I, I think that's the only yeah, way to go. That would know? be, that would be key. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, she should stop really, like, oh, that'll be great. That's how she should do it.
0: Um, <laughs> she needs to go, like, full nirvana, which is, like, I don't want to be the voice of a generation. Like, fuck this. I'm going to make a really, you know, abrasive in utero. I'm going to hire Steve Albini, and it's going to, like, yeah. shed all my casual fans. That's what she needs she to do. She could say, That's, like,
2: bad key. guy really paid off well. Oh, uh,
0: nice. Yeah. nice. Nice, Brilliant. I'm loving Brilliant. it. Brilliant. <laughs> so the last thing I wanted to ask, basically, is, and this is a... um I guess I wouldn't call this conspiracy, gay, but it's like just, you know, a weird uh, thought of mine. But I I really firmly believe that, like, for some reason, I don't know why, the world of music seems to change, like, basically right in line with the start of a new decade every time. Um, And we are basically approaching that. And so a lot of people, a lot of reviews I've read talk about this Billie Eilish album, like, it's going to define the sound of pop to come. In my opinion, it sounds like the sound of pop that already came a while ago. and. This might be like the end of the 2010s, you know. Like, you know how that happens sometimes, where it's like something comes out and it it just kind of like caps it off, you like know, a like Guns um, N' Roses sort of thing. Yeah, like it ends the classic rock
1: yeah. period. Uh, yeah, it. I it could, like ends the eight. You I know? could see that. Do you feel like Billy Eilish will be more like that, or she'll be an indication of what's to come? I, I I could see it being being the 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 um the former because, you know, like you said, like it, she's sort of like distilling all these like things that sort of happened. Uh, it's sort of in the underground, you know, uh, and she's, like, yeah. bringing it to the mainstream, so that, that is a way to cap it off. But I think, also, we might be moving into, and, and I think we've talked about this off-air before, I think we might be moving into uh, a sort of a look-back period where, like, a, a new metal-ish thing kind of arises, <laughs> um, because this there, this yeah. has some little mild tinges of it, and all that, like, tentacion stuff, like, it all, like, sort of, like, a little bit points to it and if you think about yeah, it yeah there's a little emo there's a little rock you and, know like xxx
0: tentacion is like basically a rock artist in a yeah, weird way yeah and if you yeah. think about
1: it like to to these people like she was born in like what 2001 or something so like yeah, yeah. um after 9-11 that's nuts um yeah yeah uh, that that blew my mind i read that it blew my mind um
2: <laughs> but like <laughs> yeah. you know your, bur- your birthday obviously yeah
1: yeah exactly it. um <laughs> right. uh but you know like we're, we're sort of mo- like think about it like corn corn was like huge in like 98 99 like to that's going to be like the thing like these people growing up like sort of discover you know like like whereas like yeah. we discovered nirvana you know like nirvana was like a band that was like big when we were little kids that's you true. know like we we were a little too young or not a little we were too young for nirvana you know kurt died in 94 i was uh 7 years old um you know like i i i, I just i hate it so it sounds like you're basically saying that like Uh, yeah i I see
0: stuff in here that you could see carrying on but other stuff that you feel like is kind of yeah i sort of
1: it's it's sort of like a um like a uh, maybe like a barometer or or you know it's like you're seeing like little transition yeah you're seeing like little little tinges of it um, but i think we're 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 heading for a disaster of a a new metal uh uh we got, oh we, got we got a new we got a new tool new ten, new year, metal. 10
2: year anniversary of all these new metal bands we got, got
1: right? we got a new tool record coming
2: we got a new slip yeah exactly and people are like wow. like it got a
1: pitchfork review like people are acting like you should
2: <laughs> you should care
1: um I, i'm seeing it coming i'm I'm seeing it mark my words
0: all right so that's dan's official prediction is a new metal is coming back <laughs> and he sees a little bit of it in billy eilish darren do you think you know, that, that original question, I mean, is this a harbinger of things
2: to come, Billie Eilish, or is it really just kind of a cap capstone here? Ah, it's really tough, because I feel like I could argue both sides, you know, I, I'd like what you guys are saying about the, you know, the capstone sort of thing, but at the same time, I keep thinking about her age at, at this point, and the age of, you know, the audience that is listening to her, you know what I mean? Um... I I feel like depending on which direction she goes, I mean, I don't think that she's her audience is going to grow up with her and into the the 2020s. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, By the time she's like, you know what, 25 or whatever, you know, where will we be and how much of an influence will this record have on those years prior? I I think it's I feel like it's not going to go away, at least in the mainstream pop world. You know what I mean? I think we are in for a you know Billie eilish and like other artists that are you know not half naked and in, you know just dripping yeah, sex and stuff like true. that i think that that is at least if anything that's going to be the direction that we head in like there won't be as many ariana grandes out there there will be more people like yeah there might be
0: some there might be even more of an aesthetic influence you're right than even like a musical influence which would be interesting um and yeah you know i guess i guess I wanna I wanna throw my hat in the ring like Dan so boldly did to sort of predict the next decade, but I I really am not sure what it's gonna be. But i am still sort of struck by the idea that yeah, the kids that are, you know, her age, um, yeah, they were like discovering music in the early 2010s, I guess. So uh I don't know what that means for music, but that's really a weird thing to wrap my head around. Um but then, like you said, Dan, it does feel like a lot of these kids are going to look back and uh, who knows what they're going to pull out. Um, but anyway, I think it's more of a look back than a look forward. Um, I don't know. How do we wrap this up? What, what did we learn about uh, about Billy Eilish today? Just hold on to those
1: Slipknot records. You're, uh, you're going to need them. <laughs> That's what we're learning. That's the main <laughs> takeaway here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think in doing all of this... I've come away feeling like, you know, she's a genuine artist. You know, I can get behind her. I'm willing to defend her now and not just look from the outside thinking, you know, one way or the other. Like, I, I feel like I'm, I can pretty firmly say like, I, I like Billie Eilish. I like what she's doing. Um, at the same time, I right re- we can clearly recognize what's also going on with the industry and the record label that's backing her. But, you know, unlike some of the other pop artists that we've mentioned before i think billie eilish stands out as somebody who is you know being genuine in the uh you know the persona that she is embracing you know what i mean
0: yeah i think yeah my my big takeaway from this exercise was that billie eilish is like actually a really fascinating like kind of lens through which to view music and popular culture really like as it exists right now um for good and bad um it is really fascinating and yet i will basically promise you that i i i don't think i'll ever listen to this album again
2: (laughs) really out of touch old man (laughs) yeah exactly yeah all right.
1: Well, I think that's enough for uh, this week. So what do you think? We'd love to read your thoughts on the air. You can email us, popshieldpod at gmail.com. Next episode in two weeks. Not sure what we're talking about uh, yet, but if you like the show, help us out. Uh, subscribe. Give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Stay connected. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that junk is at popshieldpod, and we'll see you in two weeks. See ya. Hello.